0: Hi guys, welcome to Emmet Audio, episode 170. I'm standing under the woodshed roof, listening to rain plink on the sheet metal and looking up at the chimney of the house where I can see the hot air coming up and making those wavery wavery air that you look at, which tells me there's a stove going, fire going in the stove, and it feels feels good just to be able to see it. um, Even though I'm out here in a bit of rain and cold. This is a Wooden Spoon Geek Out. Sorry, I put the phone down so I can put on my hat. (laughs) Talking about being cold made me cold. Um, This is a Wooden Spoon Geek Out, and uh, I have started uh, a new round of people's requests of what I should talk about. So if you have a request of something I haven't talked about before or something you'd like clarification on, um, hit me up on Instagram. And let me know what you would like to hear about here on the podcast. Um, I, have a, I have a new list started. Today, I'm going to talk about um, punky wood, rotten wood, discoloration, ants' nests, spalting, etc. And w- what is acceptable and what is not. Um, so, first of all, I find that when I age wood in the log, which is what I prefer to do, um, that approach can sometimes come with, for instance, ants nests. I have this had this cherry log this year that had just a crazy carpenter ant's nest in it. And with the carpenter ant's nest was this sort of surface level of this, it almost looked like it was bioluminescent green mold lining the spaces that the ants lived in. Um, It was nuts. It was beautiful. It has also creeped me out a little bit. Um, So I just made sure to axe down below that. And I also made sure to like keep that off my hands. Um, Sometimes wood, as it ages in the log, will start to smell kind of sour. And that certainly happens with cherry. When it's fresh, it smells delightfully like cherries. And depending on how it ages and what's going on, whoops! one of the girls is looking for the phone. Little do they know that I have it out here. Um, Depending on how it ages in the log, it can just sort of lose its odor or it can develop a sour odor. And what I have found is that the, um, the, sorry, I'm going to walk the, walk the phone into them. What I've found is that the sour smell dissipates as soon as the spoon is dry, whether or not it has been finished. Phone's right here if you need it. Sorry, I had it outside. Um, and, um, and so I have come to not worry about that. I've found that even if the spoon smells sour when it's done and treated with a finish over the course of three or four days as the spoon dries even through that finish the odor will disappear um now when it comes to spalting uh spalting is just the process of fungi breaking down the wood fibers um as it colonizes the wood so it's it's there's a spectrum and somewhere along that spectrum the wood depending on the type of wood and and uh the the period of time it's been spalting, uh it it gets too far. So I prefer things to be lightly spalted. You can tell with heavily spalted stuff that it's just weaker, which means that you you could still use it if you're willing to make it thicker, but um but even then there's a there's a point that comes when uh what it feels like honestly is like you're carving styrofoam. Um has that kind of squeaky feel to it and it'll be like the wood doesn't want to cut it wants to kind of crush and then you try and snap the spoon you can snap it with your bare hands Um, but that sort of squeakiness and the feeling of it crushing rather than cutting cleanly uh, is a sign that it's spalted too far Um, I generally stay away from spalted stuff although with cherry you end up with some really beautiful sort of blue spalting at times. Um, So it's tricky. I haven't come across anything other than that. So there's, there's, I guess it's worth distinguishing between like mold that grows on the outside of blanks, which is, I have never encountered that to be any more than just skin deep. And once you scrub it off with a green scrubby and, or ax down below it, if it's a billet or, you know, anything like that, sort of there's, there's that. And then there's mold that may or may not sort of strike a little deeper. And to my mind, that stuff, if it's on the surface, you want to get down below it. If it's not on the surface, if it's sort of within the wood, then it's fine. It is what it is. Um, And you either, it's either still good for spoon carving or not. But I haven't, I haven't had any like issues that I've found with ant's nest compromising the wood or spalting making the wood you know not suitable for spoon carving except when it just gets too far it's not like a little bit of it is a problem trying to think if there's any other things that I've encountered that have been sort of too gross. There is often a line when the sapwood of a piece of wood has rotted away. There is sometimes a line where like half of the outer sapwood is rotted away, and but you can still preserve some of the inner sapwood, but it's always a little punkier. Even if it feels firm with the axe, once it starts to dry out, you'll find that it just behaves differently than the heartwood under the knife. I mean, sapwood always does anyways, but it you know, uh, for instance, in Sherry, sometimes the sapwood closest to the heartwood is still good and it's like the sort of chocolate brown or blue and it's lovely and you try and keep it and uh, particularly if it's tangentially oriented and the that is that sapwood is therefore on the tip of the spoon, it's just not strong enough to be there on the tip of the spoon. So it's not worth trying to preserve it. That's it. Hope you guys have a great day.